This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer, a question about custody or a neighbor. Ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer. It's time for Ask a Lawyer. We've got Ian Snedden on the line, partner with Cohen Hiley. You can find him at CohenHiley.com. Hey, Ian. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. A little sick and tired of being inside like everybody else, but mm-hmm. otherwise doing well. Well, why don't you get in your truck and drive to Ottawa? Hong Kong, yeah, buddy. No, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, well, this is why we wanted to get you on this morning to talk about this this lawsuit. Um, yes. There is a $9.8 million class action lawsuit that has been filed on behalf of the citizens of Ottawa against the uh, demonstrators in the trucks and, and the convoy. And we're just curious to know about class action lawsuits, how they work, and... How would they collect the money if they did end up winning from the the truckers? So the second part I'll I'll address first here, how do they collect the money? That's going to be a problem. As you mentioned, the defendants are um, individuals that seem to be involved in uh, organizing the protests, but they've also listed 60 John Doe's and a John Doe pleading in law means they don't know who the defendant is yet. They'll insert the name later. So they're anticipating through social media, through other sources, that there will be more plaintiffs named. They just don't have the name of those people yet. And collection is going to be difficult because uh, if somebody doesn't have any money, they're not going to collect it. We don't know how many protesters are in the, you know, from the United States. And then you've got a problem of enforcing an order across the border so that'll definitely a prob- be a problem yeah. and then the so they, they go with john doe instead of being like the guy in the blue truck the guy in the yeah. white truck the guy with the orange hat you, you, you can't do that and put a description in the lawsuit um yeah i don't know why <laughs> it's one of those things that i i guess i never questioned in law school it's just what you plead john doe or jane doe if you don't know the defendant's uh, actual name. Have you ever heard of a class action lawsuit against a protest? It seems crazy to me because you are legally allowed to protest. And I guess if the protest no longer falls in legal bounds, that's one thing. But is it up to the public? Or is, this, is there a precedent already set? Not that I'm aware of, Jim. I'm sure there have been, maybe in the U.S. for sure, but it, they wouldn't necessarily apply the same in Canadian law, the thing that strikes me about it, uh, as you may know, there was an injunction granted by uh, Justice McLean um, to prevent the honking of horns uh, by the truckers or the protesters, whether they're truckers or not. And uh, that is a measure that's somewhat extraordinary because that could be seen as infringing upon someone's uh, freedom of speech. And uh, But in this case, the judge granted an injunction, which isn't easily done. You have to show what's called irreparable harm. And uh, judge has granted, uh, or the judge has granted an injunction, uh, has found irreparable harm. That means harm that can't be uh, made up for 
to wait for a trial on the issue. Do you think this, from from your legal standpoint, Ian, is is this just a, a deterrent? Do you think they're actually after $9.8 million from the protesters, or is this just kind of a way of uh, trying to intimidate or to scare the protesters into leaving? I'm speculating. I don't know any of the people involved personally. My guess is that um, that's probably the reason is to draw attention to to do effectively a counter protest. Um, and so I think that's probably the end game, because, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to be really difficult to actually collect the money. And then who do you decide gets the money of the of the named residents of Ottawa? How does that get distributed? So there's all sort of complicated factors, including the fact that uh, I did do one class action, uh, class action early in my career. It settled fairly early in the process, and it was still over 10 years in total before the plaintiffs got their money. Wow. How many people do you need for it to be a class action? Two. <laughs> so Jim and I could file some class actions Ooh, if we wanted to. Who's been to. bugging us? <laughs> I, I, I'd be more worried you guys are going to have class action filed against you. Yeah, <laughs> Don't give anyone ideas. We got Super Bowl coming up this weekend. The Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Who saw this one coming? Uh, I know some guys across the Taz and Jim listening area who are very excited about this matchup. They call themselves the Bengals Den. And representing the Den, we've got Bengals super fan Ryan Pope on the phone. Hey, Taz. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Jim. Uh, where are all these Bengals fans coming from? Like, out of the woodwork, you got like 12 guys that, that are in this club with you, basically. Like, how did you guys all become Bengals fans in this area? Well, as you know, it's a long-standing honor tradition to be a Bengals fan. It, 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 the, the long winds of uh, the path of the Bengals have upheld. But, no, seriously, my buddy in high school was a Bengals fan. His mom and, and stepdad lived in northern Kentucky, and uh, we used to go down to games every year. And so we lived through the whole uh, Carson Palmer era and then the Andy Dalton era, and now we're finally into the, the Joe Burrow era. Must be feeling pretty good about the Joe Burrow era. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's uh, two years ago we won two games, so we're pretty pumped uh, about the Super Bowl uh, this weekend. Gotta love it. And if you think about it, we got a call earlier from one of our listeners. He said, I just want to point out, everyone in the Taz and Jim listening area should be cheering for Cincinnati because geographically, Cincinnati is not that far from southwestern Ontario. I mean, you shoot across the water and it's pretty darn close, actually. Yeah, you know what? It's not too far. It's like five and a half hour, six hour drive tops. It's uh, I highly recommend going down there to a game, guys. It's a beautiful stadium. It's right on the water, like right on the Kentucky Ohio border. It's uh, now that uh, now that things have opened up a bit, maybe next year we can all get to a game. Yeah, I think there are a lot more Cincinnati fans in Canada compared to LA fans. And I think in general, in America, there are way more Cincinnati fans. I was looking at a photo of the Cincinnati Cincinnati rally that happened on Monday at the stadium. 30,000 fans packed in there. Not even a game going on, just like a rally happening. The LA Rams rally... 2,000 people showed yeah. up. The article I read said uh, there's more support for high school football teams than the L.A. Rams. 
<laughs> so maybe a, this home field advantage, SoFi uh, Stadium, which is an incredible looking stadium, but yeah. you could be seeing a lot of orange in the stands this Sunday, huh? I think I think you're right. Yeah, the the, the Bengals. There's there's lots of reasons to cheer for them. Like I said, they won two games two years ago. Joe Burrow is uh, he's kind of looked at as the next Tom Brady of the league, and uh, the Bengals have never won a Super Bowl. Right? They they've they've been in the Super Bowl twice. I think in 1981 and 19 or sorry 1981 88, and they lost to the 49ers both times. So how glad were you yeah, to see was, the 49ers get eliminated last weekend? <laughs> yeah, I was actually pretty pumped. I was really excited to see the 49ers lose. And then I just learned recently that it's the year of the Tiger uh, after watching some of the Olympics. Well, it's a sign. It's meant to be. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Tell us about this, Ryan. I, I found this online. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. We got you back here in Oh, it's kind of like a bad boy furniture thing at the end there. <laughs> Nobody. But that, that's yeah, the big exactly. catchphrase for the Bengals. If you hear uh, guys in orange yelling, who day, it's a reference to that fight song, right? Absolutely, yeah. We, uh, it's the who day nation down there in Cincinnati. So every time if you go to a game and you're going through the stadium into the to get to your seat, everybody, all they do is yell, who did? Hmm. Who must, did? must be awkward when you say nobody can beat our team when you only won two games in a season. <laughs> <laughs> who yeah, did? Who did? <laughs> Bengals fans' favorite uh, band, by the way. Who day and the Blowfish. Who did? Who did? Who did? Who did? All right, Ryan. Well, good luck, man. We'll have to check in with the Bengals Den, win or lose, on Monday. Thanks, See how you guys man. are feeling, okay? Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, oh, Jim. And, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, let's let's give out a who day to everybody out there watching <laughs> the game. And uh, go Bengals. One more thing, Ryan. Your wife is pregnant. When is she due? <laughs> She's due next week. What's the name? <laughs> no. And- so, yeah, we kind of have a bit of a joke going. If the Bengals win and it is a boy because we haven't found out the gender of the baby, we all know what the baby's name is. Yeah. Burrow? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, uh, it's it's probably either going to be Joe or Jamar, one of the two. Nice. Uh, what if your wife goes into labor on Sunday, dude? Oh. This is a serious concern. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a uh, concern of mine, too. I'm hoping that uh, she can hang on to at least Monday. But, uh, yeah, if that's the case, I'm going to need some uh, live updates from the Bengals and maybe a live feed from the hospital. I think if you miss the birth, young Jamar will understand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Who day? Who day, boys? Just spoke with uh, Ryan from the Bengals Den, a local fan group, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Very excited for the Super Bowl coming up. We don't want to play favorites here, so if if there's any uh, groups of LA Rams fans listening to the show, the Ontario chapter of the Ram fan. <laughs> Van, whatever you call yourselves. Also known as formerly Detroit Lions fans who were fed up. <laughs> right. The blue team, Matt Stafford, close it up. <laughs> if you, seriously, though, if you're a Rams fan, get in touch with us. Send us a message on uh, social media or call us here in the studio, one eight three three taz and jim because we'd love to get to know a little more about your team as we get ready for the big game coming up this weekend. Uh, a lot of the um, simulators, even though the Rams are favored, 
a lot of the simulations are having the Bengals come out on top in this game. Hmm. The simulations are just playing in Madden 2022, right? right? With the controllers in the center. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's some new algorithm, there's some new AI that was doing it. The simulator. <laughs> if you call it the PlayStation 4, it doesn't sound as no, it's official. official. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hard drives <laughs> are working overtime to determine. Uh, yeah, they're saying the Bengals could win. I, I hope the Bengals do win, and this is my reasoning. They got to win it for Johnny Fever. Johnny Fever? From the old TV show? WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, it was Cincinnati, of course. Howard Hessman passed away uh, last week. Did he? Oh, yeah. I missed that one. So uh, so if there's not a tribute to Johnny Fever at the Super Bowl, I'm going to be disappointed. Hmm. Was he the sports guy on the show, too? No, no, he, he, he was the rock and roll yeah. DJ. Yeah, I kind of forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was be- uh, before you weren't inspired to get into radio because of WKRP in Cincinnati, were you? No, no, I was more of an Andy Dick and talk radio kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> kind of look like him, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, win it for Johnny Fever, Cincinnati. Let's check in on the feud between Motley Crue and Pearl Jam. You had Eddie Veteran in an interview saying he doesn't like Motley Crue. Nikki Six responded by calling Pearl Jam the most boring band out there. And Taz and Jim listeners are taking sides on Facebook here. Vanessa Ketchabaugh says, It's Motley Crue, no contest. When Pearl Jam comes on, I usually change the channel. They're so boring and their songs kind of give me a headache. No idea why, but just thinking of their music makes me feel a bit yucky. Wow. Crew has some great hits. Gail says, I can't choose. Motley Crue was my 80s. Pearl Jam was my 90s. <laughs> but I am disappointed that Eddie felt the need to start this with a diss. It's true. He did stir the pot originally. He didn't have to say anything bad about yeah. Motley Crue in that interview. And isn't like hating on music kind of like being a picky eater you know what i mean like isn't it better just to like enjoy everything rather than be like i only like heavy metal right and just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's not good and other people aren't gonna like it trevor allen wheeler motley Crue sounds like every other band from that time every album the same they're horrible live pearl jam has been and remains the best live band Lisa says, a true 70s baby like myself who grew up in the 80s knows Motley Crue will blow Pearl Jam out of the water. (laughs) Jen says, I love both bands, but I'd pick Pearl Jam any day of the week. Eddie Vedder still sounds fantastic live. Vince Neil, on the other hand, (laughs) John Paul, this isn't a contest. Pearl Jam is absolutely one of the most boring rock bands (laughs) especially compared to the sound, speed, antics, and sheer ferocity of Motley Crue. And Reuben Blake says, I love Led Zeppelin. All right. (laughs) I guess that's... (laughs) Completely neutral. That's how you stay. He's the Switzerland here (laughs) in this conflict. No more shots fired. Haven't heard anything from uh, from Pearl Jam or Motley Crue since yesterday, but definitely got fans of both bands weighing in online. Went out to a, a bar yesterday with a couple buddies and had some beers, Jim. Nice. Some laughs and beers. It was good to be back supporting a local establishment. Couple chicken wings. You know, it's it's good to be out there. Um, for the past uh, month, I've lost a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was because I had self-control. 
but it turns out it was just that the bars and restaurants were all closed. Mm, all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> so good when it hits the lips. <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh boy. Dry January was the easiest it'll ever be this year. Yeah. If you if you were up in the air between dry January, dry February, should have gone January. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to get out there. Do what you can. Your favorite spots. Uh, show them some love. Uh, go for some dinners. A couple drinks after work. Whatever you need to do, um, because yeah, it's been a, it's been a struggle. We know that for the past couple of years. And here's a story about that. England's oldest pub has closed because of the pandemic. Hmm. This pub claims to have been open for one thousand two hundred and twenty nine years. What is it? A hole in the ground? How could a building? What is it made of? It opened Stone? in the year 793. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy. Yeah, just uh, your, your, your average family business. <laughs> opened in 793. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm gonna, I got to okay. see what this place looks oh, like. I'm picturing like a dilapidated shack. Wait until you hear the name of it. <laughs> the name of the pub. This is probably why it stayed in business for so long. Ye old fighting cocks. <laughs> That's so British. That's ye, so good. Ye old fighting cocks. I feel like uh, people would walk into that place expecting something completely different. Yeah, yeah. And then when they realize it's just a pub, they'd be like, "Okay, well, I'll stick around and have a." <laughs> Either it's some sort of some sort of uh, swingers party, or there's only one urinal that several guys have to use at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap beer and one urinal. <laughs> Ye old fighting cocks. I, I found it. It's actually a respectable building. Stucco outside. It looks like it has one of those roof systems that's like moss. I don't yeah, even yeah. Know, you know one of those. But other than but that, like it's pretty a, big. A traditional looking English yeah, pub. You know, like a yeah, triangular roof. Hmm. The owners of Ye old fighting cocks say they've been struggling for a while. Um but there is talks that someone else, it's shut down now, there is talks, you can't let that go. Why? Yeah, you gotta. Someone else is going to buy it and reopen it, and hopefully they do not change the name. Oh, I'm just reading it, but it has an underground underground series of tunnels once traveled by monks. That's pretty cool. This place is legendary. Ye old fighting cock. <laughs> So, Jim, apparently some of the athletes are not enjoying the culinary delights over in China. Yeah, picture went viral. This is from a Russian biathlete, Valeria Veznatsova. She posted a picture on her Instagram page and said uh, the food is basically inedible, and she's been crying, like, all week. She said, my stomach hurts. I'm very pale. I have huge black circles under my eyes. I want this to end. I cry every day. I'm very tired. Um... In the, Does the food look that bad? I, I, I got the picture pulled up here. Looks like an airplane-style meal. Mm, I don't know. It's in a styrofoam container. Uh, unidentified meat in the bottom right corner. Maybe por pork. I don't know. Uncooked chicken in the top right. Is that what that is? I guess I, exactly. could, I, couldn't, terrible. I couldn't tell what that was. So the I guess that... potatoes. <laughs> This is and Taz, this is the appetizing. meal they get three times a day. This is the allegedly the only meal they get. So the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and when you look at like South Korea when they had it, or you know when it's in America or whatever, you can get McDonald's, you can get whatever you want. It's like yeah. a cafeteria setup, but this is like a one thing you get. There's been a lot of like I remember growing up, the the Olympics used to be so pristine and the snow and Nagano and everything was so beautiful and like Sochi in China. There's not even any snow. Like, all the conditions look absolutely insane. Yeah. 
I'd eat it. <laughs> I mean, it's the Olympics. These are the, the what they put in their body is one of the most important things that happens at the Olympics. Raw chicken. You, nothing gives you more energy than raw chicken, no. Jim. <laughs> raw chicken. Use that salmonella to get down the hill a little I'll, faster. I'll have uh, a part of the chicken I've never seen before, and if you could cook it medium rare, that would be perfect for me. It's 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 pathetic. The Olympics should set a standard, and they should be treated. There's no guests there. They should be treating the, the athletes. Who who braved the conditions? They should be treating them like saints. There, it's yeah. it's, it's uh, unforgivable. It doesn't look great. Would you be crying if you were getting that meal three oh, times a day? I wouldn't be crying. No, I'd be uh, starving. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you can tell there's an election coming up. Eventually, uh, there's there's a lot of promises being tossed around, like. Um, electric electricity prices coming down, Jim. Like off peak hour electricity prices, they're saying are going to drop. That's good if it happens. Uh huh. Also, Doug Ford government considering scrapping license plate stickers for Ontario vehicles. Sweet. Also good. <laughs> yeah, you'd think it. It is going to cost the government a billion dollars a year. They have enough money. Where are they? Where are they going to make that up? Because you know nothing's free, right? Sure, but in that sense, why not charge more for taxes? Everybody wants their taxes lowered. That obviously is going to lead to less revenue for the government. You know, so savings for the average person is better than more money for the government. I would say it's a shell game. They'll they'll make it up somewhere else. They'll find another way to stick us for that billion dollars. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. But I do hate getting, I, I'm not good at it, renewing my license plate sticker. I always end up doing it like six, seven months after <laughs> totally. my birthday every year. And then you got the anxiety following you around every time you hit the road with like the month old license sticker. I did I did the two year one for the first time in my entire life. Two years ago, when we went together, Taz, actually. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. So that's been nice, but uh, that was like 300 bucks or whatever it was at the time. I'd rather not pay that. So $120 annually. I think it costs more because of your parking tickets, Jim, when you go in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I had about $700 worth of tickets on top Oh, of this is great. I don't have to uh, get a new sticker for my license plate every year. That's going to save me $900 a year. Well, hold <laughs> on, Jim. Means, that's parking tickets. I'll never have to pay my parking tickets. Right? Yeah. Yes. So this is going to cost, just based on you alone, uh, probably $2 billion mm-hmm. that, uh, in geez. government re- revenue a year. I, I single-handedly will reduce one snowplow on the road this winter. <laughs> uh, yeah, strategy ahead of the provincial election. Ford's team looking to gain support from voters in the suburbs where a majority of people own and drive vehicles. There's a lot of stickers. I like seeing this because... Doug Ford is kind of the sticker guy too, right? Oh, he loves them. So the fact that he's willing to abandon the sticker (laughs) really says a lot about how much he cares about us people, Mm -hmm. right? We thought he loved the stickers more than the people. Uh, No, equally. He loves them equally. He's trying to say, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. See you, stickers. I want to see you peacock, you peacock. Time for sports. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is here. And uh, let's check in with what's going on in China, Dev. We get any medals overnight last night? 
We are up to seven medals total. Marietta O'Dine won a bronze medal in her Olympic debut at the Beijing Winter Games in women's snowboard cross early this morning. It's a really good story. She's 24 years old, was in line to participate four years ago at the uh, 2018 games uh, but could not because of a concussion so she's uh, back this time around participating for the first time ever wins her first medal obviously but also canada's first women's snowboard cross medal since 2014 so a a nice start to the day nice jim you were snowboarding last week with your buddies have you been watching the snowboarding in the olympics no i haven't watched any no why? Because you think it'll make you feel inadequate? <laughs> I, yeah. Or the next time I go snowboarding, I'll try to do that, then die. Yeah. No man. thanks. I, I remember I went to a surf academy in Costa Rica. A whole academy? Yeah, and I learned how to surf, and I thought I was such an awesome surfer, and then I saw a video. <laughs> like, they sell you a video of you surfing afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I look like such a loser compared to like real surfers. Yeah, for me, it's on the hill, falling, going, ah, and then a child passes you on a snowboard who's like four. Because it feels awesome. Doing it, you feel like you look awesome. As long as there's nobody near you or you don't see yourself, you feel like a champ. Yeah. Uh, Well, you mentioned her concussion. Let's get an update on Austin Matthews. He had an injury earlier in the week. What are the Leafs saying about him returning to play? The Leafs are uh, saying some good things. Uh, Sheldon Keefe yesterday said today was a very good day, saying Matthews feels pretty good, and Matthews could return to practice with the Leafs today. So that is extremely good news, first for him, but also for the team. Yeah, you got to be happy to hear that as Leaf fans, guys. Is oh, it, I mean, I, I feel mean, good. I feel good about it, but also you're like, let's not rush anybody back into play. You know, there is a lot of times when a guy is a star, and you're like, ah, he's fine. You put him back in rather than letting him take enough time off to recover fully. And the Leafs do have a little buffer room. Playoff position in the East is pretty much set amongst the eight teams. I mean, there could be some surprises, but the eight teams are kind of set. It's really uh, positioning at this point. So the Leafs are playing very well. They do have a bit of a cushion. Uh, They can certainly better their position. They got off to a bad start to the season, so they've been playing catch-up since basically October. But they don't need to rush Matthews back out of fear of missing the playoffs. Uh, this story is, is gets me excited, Jim. You know, I like a, a slot machine from time to time. Mm-hmm. Some people don't trust the slot machines. They're like, how do I know this thing's legitimate that I actually have a chance of winning? This gives me faith in, in the slot system. The fact that this happened, uh, a man from Arizona... He won a progressive jackpot playing the slots, and he didn't find out about it until he had returned home to Arizona, Jim. Yeah, yeah, and the progressive jackpot, obviously by the name progressive, is the one that keeps building. It's the one that draws the attention to the people. You know, sometimes half a million dollars or something like that is up in the progressive. So, yeah, he was playing this slot machine nor as normally as you would he lost all his money walked away and then a couple weeks go by he gets a call from the you know lottery and gaming commission and said hey turns out there was uh, some sort of malfunction with that progressive lotto or uh, progressive slot machine you were um pulling and in fact you did win 
the money in the progressive and he won $292,000 I think three weeks after he was in Vegas that's awesome yeah he's playing slots at Treasure Island Hotel and Casino it's the Nevada Gaming Control Board not the OLG it's not the OLG it's different down there Vegas is outside of Ontario oh uh, not Strath Vegas but uh but they did an exhaustive investigation they say uh agents looking into you know they got cameras everywhere so they were looking at who was playing who was on that machine yeah they probably had to follow okay what room was he staying in went to the airport what flight was he on and they actually had to track this guy down to huh. let him know that he had won that jackpot a lot of work yeah i was thinking perhaps he was a member you know, some of these guys, they got the member card and that could've, would be Could have really had the easy. member card as well. But yeah, no, I, 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 I'm I shocked that they just wouldn't let this go or that who was holding them accountable? Like, I love it that this is happening, but I, I just can't believe in Vegas of all places. I know that we're no pessimists, I guess. You'd think the casino would just keep the money. Wait a say. Is this a ride? I was the one who found this article this morning and sent it your way to maybe we're all taken for a ride. Is this like a Vegas PR stunt? Like it just seems so against character. So they, against character. They want us to see this story, so we're like, man. Those casinos are the most honest places on earth. <laughs> and I was just talking about how I just watched gamble. a movie Casino for the first time. And this is not what Martin Scorsese was telling me was happening behind the scenes. <laughs> Jim, you got big Valentine's Day plans this year? I do. We're going out for dinner and um, we're doing an escape room. Um, just the two of you? Yeah, yeah, just the two of us. Well, you know, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm not going to bring my mom and dad. But... Uh, that's a good relationship tester, yeah. the the escape room. Because when the the clock's ticking, the pressure's on, you got to work together. Exactly, yeah. It's like a real bonding or, I mean, maybe we'll get divorced. I don't know. We'll see what, <laughs> <laughs> see what happens. But I feel like we could probably, probably win. I don't know. It's a make or break situation. I feel bad, though, because we have um, technically an indoor soccer game on Monday. And uh, I made plans. And I can't go back on those now. So I and I play goalie for our team. So I'm sorry. I'm gonna apologize to our, our soccer team right now. Is this you telling them that this you're not showing them. up might, for the game? Yeah, sorry, on boys. Monday. Can't make her one one day of the year. Well, why don't you bring Sarah and you two can play net together? <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like on my shoulders or something like that. That'd be cool. <sighs> I was thinking more of like the three-legged race. So you tie your tie your yeah. feet together. One large jersey with two arms. <laughs> a new poll asked, "What are the keys to a happy marriage?" Uh, playing goal together in indoor soccer hey. is number nine on the list. <laughs> I like that. What do we got? Let's see the top five. Okay, you let them see you at your best and your worst. That's number five, Jim. Hmm. Encouraging them to pursue their own hobbies and interests. So if Sarah really loves you, she'll let you go to your soccer game on <laughs> yeah, Valentine's she Day. She should be on her own ladies team. Feeling like you can be yourself with them. Yeah, that, that's kind of the best or worst, in I, my opinion. I think, I think that that's code for farting in front of each <laughs> other, isn't it? <laughs> Taking care of each other when you're sick. That's a big one. I th- that's more of a one-way street in my house. I need to get better at it. You know what a hypochondriac I am. So when my wife gets sick, I'm like hiding. <laughs> Sliding pancakes under the door. Yeah, I do not want to get whatever she's got. Yeah, and it's even more important when you get real old. 
and then maybe one of you gets real sick. That's what I think about. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, scary, but I think my my lady would would take care of me and vice versa. It's a big commitment, man. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to hand it to people who uh who stick to that vow that that you make at I picked, the altar. I, yeah, I picked a girl with strong legs she could lift me up on that acorn stair lift. <laughs> Have you seen the new elevator one? It looks pretty sweet. What's the difference? They cut a hole in the floor, and it's just basically like a like a pod, little pod, just big enough for you to fit in. <laughs> and it, it goes up through the floor like onto the next level. Like a giant dumbwaiter. Yeah, yeah. Holy. But that's cool. you literally cut a hole in the floor. That'd be good, though, because then you could wheel your wheelchair right into it. No, I don't think you can. No? I, think you gotta, I don't think it fits the wheelchair. It's too small. Hmm. Seems like an oversight. But a little personal elevator thing who needs a wife then (laughs) (laughs) i always wanted to ride one of those acorn stair lifts when i was a kid you'd see the commercials on tv all the time i bet you it's a lot more thrilling (laughs) it seems a lot more thrilling than it really is you gotta find the governor and take it (laughs) off though eh? get it just moving cooking up (laughs) taz and jim's win a divorce Okay, uh, today's entry. Man, I wish we could give away all the divorces, Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people looking to get out of their relationships, and this one is very understandable. Um, contestant today from Ingersoll says, "My ex is a sex addict." Hmm. And he made an appointment with a prostitute. Not his first, not his last. Anyways, he had gotten a new iPhone the day before he made the appointment and somehow set it up so his iMessages were syncing to the family iPad. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Guess who received messages about him running late for his appointment with the hooker? And begging her to accommodate him, even if it was only for half an hour. I was busy feeding our five children when that message came through. And just so you guys know, for an extra $50, you can get Greek, whatever that means. Five years later, I want my name forever removed from his. I have moved on and I have a new fiancé. Please grant me a divorce. Boy, that's at the top of the list of who deserves it the most. <laughs> that is brutal. You got to be careful with those uh, those iMessages. <laughs> I know a couple people who have gotten in trouble because they're, they don't realize that their iMessages are going through to the family computer or the iPad or yeah. another phone. I don't even want to warn people because if you're doing this type of stuff, you deserve to get caught. Yeah. Kudos to you, iMessages. Yes. For- Setting up that system to to burn all the cheaters <laughs> out there. Okay, uh, yeah, a, a very valid reason for wanting a divorce. You could be winning legal fees from our friends at Millar's Law and a city center storage storage unit as you get ready to move on to the next phase of your life without the dirty cheater. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.